Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Game Within a Game podcast. It's your co-host, T. Edge. I'm joined by the Bluegrass Bully, Coach Big Pete. What's happening, brother? Hey, what's going on, Uncle T? No, you know I'm good. And my main man, VA's Finest, back with us to shoot another pod. Rodney Bones, what's up, Crib? What's up, 757? I'm here. Let's do this. I'm so excited about it. Listen, it's March Madness. Who's oh, yeah. hey, Pete, your bracket busted already? Absolutely not. I'm picking Petey. <laughs> you lying. No, uh-uh. My brackets are fine. I think I've I've lost Every, one of these. Everybody's eight. bracket like this. Everybody's Thank you. bracket Except, like this. They don't call me Pick'em Petey for, for nothing. What's up though, Rodney? How you doing, man? <laughs> I, I'm I, look, I knew that the, I I just had a feeling this year was gonna be one of them special years that they're gonna tear them brackets up. So after my fantasy football outing, I didn't even partake this year. Oh man. I, well I did there. unfortunately. You had to go there. <laughs> I, I did, unfortunately, and I, I'll tell everybody, everybody know I'm a Tennessee volunteer. Rule number one in sports, don't ever bet on Tennessee. If you do, you will promise you will lose. I don't care what sport it is. Just don't bet on them. My bracket busted all up. Uh, we're missing our boy Shelvin. Uh, he is in New York still with CBS uh, doing March Madness. And he was out there selling out. Did y'all see him on opening night with his electric blue suit out there picking Kentucky <laughs> to go to the Final Four? Oh, yeah. well, look, Please. I was wondering, does he have does he have a stylist or is he picking that right out of his own closet? That's the question I'm going to have to ask. him. You I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you, it's coming. It's coming straight out of the closet. It's but coming Batman out the closet. Clean, okay. Man. Hey, OK, OK. Always. He always been clean. He's always had his own swag. And, and now with him, him putting it on TV, uh, then went to a whole different level now. I never doubted what y'all. I never, I never doubted what y'all were capable of pulling off out there. I knew y'all were stylish out there in the legs, so you know I was surprised to hear that. I knew he was selling out when he put that electric blue suit on. <laughs> talking about, you know what, guys? I'm gonna go ahead and ride with Kentucky. No, and doggone well, he don't mess with Kentucky like that. Well, he don't believe in him. But anyway, he looked good. At all of our brackets is busted except for Pick and Pete. So I'm gonna just ask you this real quick before we move on. Being where it is. Who do you got winning national championship, Rodney? I'm going to start with you. Well, I will say I've watched a couple of games over the weekend. Really impressed with play. I will say that Duke team, as much as I hate to say it, Duke looks good, a Kansas team looks good, and that Gonzaga. But if I had to, if I had to bet right now, Gonzaga right now looks like they just create matchup problems all across the board. So I'm, I think Gonzaga at the number one seed might be able to pull it off. Who you got, Pete? I'm rolling with Purdue. Purdue, mm. I mean, I, Purdue was ranked at the beginning of the season. They were they were ranked number one for the longest. Uh, they they started off number one. I feel that they're going to end number one. Duke Duke is coming on strong. Only lost two games out of their last 14, I believe, which, you know, hey, that's, that Coach K needs to go out on top. But I think Purdue's going to cut down the nets when it's all said and done. And that's who I have on, on my bracket. And that's why Pick'em PD is still rolling. <laughs> I hear you, man. My, my team is still hanging in there. I love Purdue myself. I got them going to the Final Four, but I got Arizona Wildcats cutting down all the nets. They long, they strong, pause. And I think they can go ahead and, <laughs> I think they go ahead and take this thing home. It's going to be fun to watch. I've been enjoying it so far. Well, I think the Michigan State-Duke game, to me, you know, and I, I never played basketball, so I, I, I defer to all of you, you know, the basketball heads out there. But that was the most entertaining game that I've watched thus far in the tournament. That was just top to bottom. One through five, people coming off the bench, athletes all across the board, just giving buckets all day long. There's some good ones out there. I'm loving St. Peter's, too. St. Peter's bringing it. They've won the first two weeks, not because they're wearing Cinderella slipper, because they are straight up rocking the Black Lives Matter shirts on the sideline and in racism on the back. They're repping hard. I'm messing with them heavy. How about you, Pete? Oh, absolutely. You heard what the coach said after the game. He said, hey, y'all not going to come out here and out-tough us. My guys come from New Jersey and New York. <laughs> you mean it. Hey, I you got the it. toughest of the tough. I got the toughest out here. And if you want to tow it, we can tow it. And we're going to see. We're going to be victorious. And that's what they're doing right now. St. Peter, keep rolling. Keep rolling until you see Purdue, of course. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, well, I'm all just the way have with fun. It. Just have fun this weekend. I'm all the way with <laughs> it. part. So it's a more it's a lot of March Madness we're gonna be talking about today. And the next thing is I always champion VA. I love Virginia, but my main man, my favorite rapper of all time, my second favorite rapper, Pusha T, 
back at it again. The bestest rapper ever. So I'm going to play this clip. Uh, Pusha T has uh, went out and wrote a diss song against McDonald's uh, for Arby's. <laughs> Check this out. Hold on one second. I don't think y'all can hear that. Let's do this again. I'm the reason the whole world love it. Now I gotta crush it. Vallejo fishes, then you should be disgusted. How dare you sell a square fish asking us to trust it? A half slice of cheese, Mickey D's on a budget. Arby's crispy fish is simply it. With lines around the corner, we might need a guest list. And Whoa. I push his new track. Mm. That's my main mm. man. Rodney, you going back and get that mm. square McDonald's dog? Mm. Well, look, I'm a look. Everybody knows I'm a Pusha T fan, favorite artist, favorite hip hop artist. It ain't even out, without a question. And I and I think when I got that news earlier today, I sent that out to a few people. I said the only way that this could be bigger news is if Drake goes over to McDonald's and starts rapping about the Big Mac or something I'm here like for that. It. <laughs> oh, I'm here. For, I mean, like, but 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 I've long said. Pusha T, not only a rapper, but obviously a businessman, got the McDonald's jingle. I'm loving it. That was back in like 2002, 2003. He's got the Arby's. We have the meats. That's Pusha T. That mm, 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 mm. And now that this song, come on, come on. No. Well, see, what's funny, what's funny, I'm going to kick it to you in a second, Pete. Uh, Rodney, you bought, here's some game, everybody out there. Pusha T should be at the Harvard School of Business for what he did. Him and his brother wrote the da-da-da-da-da. I'm loving it. That's their jingle for McDonald's. But allegedly, McDonald's hit him for about 300 grand on that, and they still use that jingle to this day, and him and his brother don't get any royalties from it. I think Justin Timberlake got on there, and so he went over to Arby's and hit him with the bum 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 We got the meats. So now he's going to diss McDonald's for Arby's. I think it's genius. And he getting paid. He got paid by both of them. Now he's trying to destroy one. Pete, what you think of the diss track? Are you still going back to McDonald's to get that filet of fish? <laughs> after, after that storyline right there, I'll never touch McDonald's filet of fish again. <laughs> and Drake, Drake can jump over with McDonald's and go for his Drake lines and all of that. You know, tell us how much he loves the tartar sauce on the on the, on the fillet of fish, but we ain't going back over there. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know McDonald's did push it like that, and I'm glad that he's came back and he's doing it. Well, that's fire. Well, Pusha has talked about it. You know, when it when it first came out, the whole tagline mm -hmm. with "I'm loving it." So that once again, that came out like 2002, 2003. Yeah. When you talk about the game within the game, he just didn't. They got paid. They just didn't get the royalties, royalties from, from it. it. That's right. So mm. we're, we're talking 18, 19 years later, he still could be walking out to his mailbox collecting checks. However, he did do the EDM song, the electronic music song with Arby's. He owns 40% of that. He is getting the checks for that. So I'm glad to see that, you know, like it just shows you knowledge is power. So they really came mm. back and wanted to have that piece of ownership to be more than just a rapper, but, you but to be a business. You know? There you go. Rappers, a lot of times, they, they got to stay in the box. Push still rapping, but he being more of a businessman and rapping on jingles. Who would have thought? My favorite rapper is the best jingle writer in the game, <laughs> period. I think it's a dope diss track. I think it's a dope diss track. You, hey, I, I want to see what club, somewhere in Virginia, they playing that diss track. Oh, they, they, well, I mean, when you think about it, though, look, just look at the platform. I mean, here's a rapper with, and I don't know if Arby's, so if Arby's is not a nationwide food chain, it's a fast food chain. They sell roast beef. I don't know how far, you know, That's across the country. They, yeah, they have roast beef. They have chicken. No. They have the fish. They had, I mean, they really known for what their roast beef is what they're known for. But no, it was it's just suspect. <laughs> it's been suspect. But, it, but you know, it used, but look, I, it used to be roast beef, right? But the very fact that they've been able to use their platform to cross over, like I would just love to be in the room when they have that conversation. When they said, hey, Pusha, we want you to write a diss track to help sell some roast beef or fish sandwiches. I mean, that's 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 genius to me. I love it. And, and I appreciate them, you know, including our culture 
into what they're doing is super dope to me. I don't even eat Arby's, but I'll go and get me a potato cake. And mess around. <laughs> I mess around with that fish sandwich. The potato cake's fire. Not gonna lie, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. So it's a more March Madness. We start out with my man Pusha T. Let me start out with my other man. I mean, excuse me, with, with the NCAA 500 meter swimming champion, Leah Thompson. Uh, 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 <laughs> so uh, uh. Leah Thompson, Leah Thompson, for those who don't know, becomes the first known transgender athlete to win the NCAA championship in any sport. She won in swimming. Uh, she goes to Penn. Uh, what's interesting about Leah, she beat two Olympic silver medalists in the 500 meters. And they just won the Olympics. They just won the uh, silver in the Olympics. My question, I'm going to kick it to you, Pete. You okay with this? So Leah was Leo? Liam. <laughs> Leah was actually Liam. Not, no, no. I, 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 don't, I don't believe transgenders should be able to compete in the cross sport, right? Because for the simple fact, as men, we know that physically we are more gifted than a woman, right? Physically, just by, by, by nature. Now, I'm not saying that we have the drive that the women have or none of that, but physically we have more muscle mass than women. And when you put them in the water, you have to be stronger. And he's probably taller than most women, right? Yeah, so, well, you know, is. that, 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 well, well she, I'm sorry, she is. So, you know, that, that matters too. And, and just off of those right there, being able, you know, I don't, I don't think that <laughs> she should be able. To, I, I don't think that's fair. I, I, that's just me. Hey, if it if it went through the NCAA, let it go through, then. They they did. It went but through. It, it, it went through. What you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think Liam, when he was racing as a man, he his times. I think he ranked somewhere in. Yeah, you know, I don't don't quote Mid me the exact number. Or something like that. Yeah, it was like two three hundred. Um, to Leah transitioning to Leah, you look, certainly I, I understand the, having the opportunity to be able to compete, but when you go from two or 300 as a man to number one as a female, it's problematic. I mean, there's a lot, there's really a lot that goes in with, um, you know, training and the transition and, you know, all of that that may come into factor. But I'm with Pete. I, I really have a problem with the women who really have worked their, you know, their butts off and their tails off to be competitive. And but they've taken that stand of stance of supporting at their own detriment. It's 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 really problematic for me. So let me give you some stats and see if this changes your mind, guys. Okay. So Leah, they all had to test for the same amount of testosterone in their body, right? Before the race, they were they were somewhat equal in that regard and leah was not she didn't swim the fastest heat coming in like she didn't have the fastest time this year actually two other swimmers in that field had a faster time in the 500 does that change how you feel now you can hold back you seen juana man we seen that movie. <laughs> yeah and, but I, that. And, I, and i and i think that that's the point that that's tried, you know, that I think that people on both sides have pointed out is testosterone levels as Liam has transitioned to Leah, how much testosterone is there and what's been for trans athletes in the past. You know, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a sticky situation because if, if your daughter was like, I think the example that everybody has been using is LeBron James transitions to a woman and goes out and starts averaging 100 points a game, is that mm -hmm. is that fair? Um, so I certainly, look, I'm all for everybody having an opportunity. This Something about this doesn't feel right. I'm agree with you, Rodney, and here, here's my take on it. I, I support any type of self-identification. If you want to self-identify, if you want to identify as the opposite sex, I'm here for it. I'm all here for it, not support either. When I think about sports, all of us have played sports and any athletes out there, be curious what you think. The biggest part of sport is competitive, you know, the competitive spirit, right? But the other thing we always talk about is fair play. It's fair mm -hmm. play. Right. Baseball has gotten beaten up for the steroid usage, yeah. you know, uh, for years, even though they allowed it. 
but they still won't let people into the Hall of Fame because of that, because of the direct result of what they would consider to be fair play. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's at the, at, at the forefront here. Uh, shout out to the second place and third place uh, uh, finishers in their race. I'm with you, Rodney. Uh, I, I feel terrible for the girls who've trained all their lives as a girl, you know, to get to this moment. But the other piece is this, when they talk about the testosterone levels, I'm curious what you guys think. Is is men growing up, you have your whole life, or and Leah's a young woman at this point, but, you know, before the transition, she's had her whole life to build that testosterone up to where her body mass is where it is now. She didn't start at a lower level of testosterone, even though it may be even now, she's built that up over 20 plus years, whether it be training, even training as a, as a man, she's built that up and the strength doesn't go away. I don't care what the testosterone levels look like. Your body is what it is. If LeBron James crossed over and his testosterone levels went down, he'd still be a bull in a China shop, right? Right. So that's my big issue with this whole thing here when it comes to Leah. I I, I support it. I just don't feel right about celebrating. Yeah, I mean, I think think that makes, you know, a good point. I'd be curious to, you know, if we had a female here to be able to discuss it, I mean, Women are fighting hard enough for their own respective place yeah. within mm-hmm. society and sports. And then, you know, here, here's another situation, another layer that's being thrown into the mix. Um, I just think, you know, once again, it, it, it makes it very difficult to, to figure. And even if this was, let's just look at high school or the college level. Like we're not even, I mean, high school down to the rec league level, someone transitioning over, like if I'm going over right now, if I transition over and I take, you know, uh, testosterone, my testosterone lowers, I still over the years have built up some physique, you know, there's muscle memory. I, I don't really know enough about it. I don't want to sound, you know, too naive. I want to make sure I support yeah. Leah in, in this transition. Fair play really is what it comes down for me. How about you, Pete? I'm just looking at it like okay. Cross over and played softball and hit five thousand home runs. Could he get in the Hall of Fame? Right, right. I'm, but but I'm but I'm serious though because like you know it it it's like Leah gets to swim and she's crossed over, but you have in in other sports people like like Unc said just getting reprimanded for things that they're still playing under their, their sport. They're still, they're still men. They're still, they're still playing in their sport. They didn't cross over. Just, it, there's no way that, I, if my daughter's out there, if my daughter's out there, she's competing for a national championship and she gets beat by a young lady that I know that was a male, I'm gonna be upset. I understand. And that's what, it, at, at, at the end of the day, that, that's what it boils down to. I mean, as a coach, as a parent, as an athlete, it's not fair. Is this yeah, a black guy? Is this a blackout or Rodney? The title nine? But we still try and figure it out. I mean, everybody's trying to figure it out. Well, but well, I bad. think you know, black eye, um, publicity, however you want to look at wh- whatever the situation may be. I think if Leah transitioned over and wasn't such a dominant force it really wouldn't be that much of an issue. Cause, but let's look at it reverse. Let's say there's a female that transitions over to, a, to, to being a male and mm-hmm. it's just getting dominated. Like that's not a big, that's not as big of a story as someone trans. And, and we're, we're in such a politicized society right now where, you know, everything is just, we're just hyper-focused on certain topics that mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think that would have been as, you know, would be as big as issue, but, you know, Leah being a dominant swimmer coming over, that's what that's what's grabbing everyone's attention is the fact that this was a male that was not dominant, but as a female is dominant. Not even not dominant, was not very good. You know, well, right. excuse right. me. Right, right. In, in, uh, compared amongst no, call her it, peers call at it the what time. It is. Just wasn't very right. good compared to my right. own peers. And for me, Title Nine is is was something that was put in so there'd be equal opportunity for women in sports like it was for men. So at a college level and at a high school, if, if a man has a sport, if boys have a sport, the girls have to have a sport. 
And that's where the, it's interesting for me because, you know, it, 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 clearly there's crossover here. Um, I was, my daughter plays travel basketball. I was in Fort Myers this weekend uh, at a travel basketball tournament. And I'm gonna take it a step further. All of us have young kids. There were two fifth grade kids that identified as female and was playing with the girls. They were big, they were strong. Now at that age level, there's girls who probably mature faster than boys where, or, or those who are transitioning that can compete. So the, the, the competition is somewhat even, they were just bigger, a little stronger. It wasn't dominant or anything like that, but it had me thinking, I'm like, I'm all for it. And by the way, again, I am here to support uh, whatever you identify as. And if you want to transition, but right. Americans or not Americans, what do you think? Is it all cool until it happens to your kid? No, Always. It's not, it's not cool. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I think certainly sooner, right? Like, so at the level of, you know, where your daughter's playing now in rec league sports is a little different than college, right? Yeah. Like right in your lap where yeah. maybe they've come up in that. But once again, I, I think it comes back to, you know, wins and losses, having a dominant performer as a female right now. It's headline grabbing. Um, and we're such a polarized society, once again, that people are, you know, really being able to pick sides, you know, around like where we are as a woke society and who supports LGBTQ type of rights and so forth. And I'm all for rights. This doesn't feel right to me at that level. Doesn't pass, the, doesn't, doesn't pass the smell test to me right now. Amen. All right, Rodney, you can wrap it up. I mean, uh, excuse me, Coach Pete, close us out on this. You got anything else on this? NCAA, and they try and figure it out at the top, just like we are, yeah. but they got to get it right. And, and the protesters are out there, man. They're out there. Yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting watching that. And then to have her sit there and have to speak after that was, it was interesting. On one side of me felt bad for her. Oh, absolutely. Other side of me was like, I get it. Oh. You know, uh, I, I, I will say last thing on Leah, I do think she handled herself with grace in class in the moment. Uh, I know she wanted to celebrate, but she couldn't because she knew right. what was out there. You know, she said what was right. So congratulations, Leah Thompson. Listen, All right, go ahead. Go can ahead. you celebrate that? Can you celebrate that? Listen, she I'm can. She can. I'm asking. I'm asking she as can. an athlete. She can. I would if it was me. Damn right, I celebrate. I'd have been. I mean, I, but but it, you it, still it, had a win, right? A win. Humbly. Win. Yeah, humbly. A win. A win. A win is a win. Well, you never. You never apologize about a win, man. Right. And there are there are two. There were two transgender um, swimmers this year. But you're right. A win is a win. She, you know, she was very humble in it until we're in that shoes. It would be, it would be so interesting to have a conversation and ask a few questions around competition to Leah, get a better understanding of what she's experienced. I mean, I can't even imagine the things that she's heard. We've heard a lot from just yeah. being minorities in America. Yeah. We ain't even touched the tip of the iceberg of, of, of the things that she's heard or read about herself. So I'm with you. So there's more March Madness. There's more March Madness, guys. So uh, earlier in the week or, or late last week, Black Panther director Ryan Coogler uh, got no. police called on him for going what? to the bank. Yes. And withdrawing a large sum of money. And the bank teller thought he was a bank robber. OK, well, here's how, much back money? how much? How much? I think money? it was like $16,000. So and, and he asked the teller, can you please Give me this money in the back because I don't want people to see me getting this money here at the teller. The, the, the teller then was suspicious, called the popo, and they came in there and tried to get your man messed up. So my first question is, who the hell going to the bank anymore? That's the first thing. <laughs> right, why, the hell, right. why the hell is he at the bank? Right, Number right. Two, I, have, I have so many questions here because this is crazy. This man is rich. He's got money, money, but... I'm assuming if he's asking for $16,000 out of his bank account, this is a Bank of America, by the way. I think you, you got to fill out a deposit slip or put your card in the thing or something. Well, there, there, yeah, well, there's a couple things that when you talked about the background, like, did he have a mask on when he went in there? Because it's COVID. Yeah, the ma time ma right ma ma mask in a, in a skull cap. 
mask and a skull cap going into a bank asking for and sunglasses and an abnormal amount of money because what are we talking about here guys well first of all i don't even know if you can i don't even know if you can get that kind of money out like just walking to a teller at one time without hours. at least you need to, you need hours. to notice right you need notice mm-hmm. so so if that's the standard policy 24 hours let's just say it's four we hours. might not know it though but, right, but, but shouldn't this man have some type of relationship at the bank? Like there should always be a relationship person there at the bank for people with that kind of money. Floyd Mayweather can go and take out all the money he wants anywhere he wants. I would like to think. What you think, Pete? Which bank was he? he was Bank of America. Bank of America. They all over America. He might not even been in his city. Right. You see, it's 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 that that's that's the thing. It's it. America don't think that brothers should have money. I mean, they don't think brothers have money. I mean, I see it out of time. I mean, you walk into a bank and you ask them to do something and they looking at you all crazy and <laughs> like, yo, like what are we talking about here? Like, I can't come in here, this is a bank, right? I'm here to do business if I come in, conduct myself to do business. Now, for granted, he had on a, he had on a beanie. You know, I always rock my beanie. He had on a mask, cause you know, he's aware that it is COVID out here and it's real. And then he had on some sunglasses. You know, he's probably cool, but it's it's it's, it's racial profiling, and it's and it's bad. And it just is what it is. I mean, it's a game well, within the game, guys. <laughs> it's racial. Well, well, well. I mean, well, I mean, I think it comes down to what we've all had to deal with all our lives. Like, whatever. First of all, you when you walk into a bank to withdraw any money, I'm under the impression you you do have to put your debit card in. You got to put some information. Got to put something like, in now, man. ID. Like, like, all so, you got to so, do so, is give me ID. ID. And I know Wells Fargo. They they ask you for your so, put your card in. So, so that's what I bank you. with, right? Yeah. So that's what I bank with Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. So I know what I've had to do before. I've never tried to withdraw obviously that that amount of money out before, and I don't know if it was that. Sounds like. Tori, you said he gave some other instruction. Uh, on that the back of the deposit slip, he asked to give the money. On he the wanted back. to get his cash. Yeah, so he had a deposit slip, but he, but he wrote a note saying, hey, can you give me my money? Because he didn't want people to see him withdrawing $16,000 in cash. And respectfully, now, I don't know what Ryan Coogler looks like, but some people might. You know, like he did direct Black right. Panther. He's, he's direct a lot of high-profile movies. He wanted to be anonymous to a degree. I guess I respect that. But if I write, I mean, you know if, if I if I have a deposit slip with my bank account number on it, I write any damn thing on the back of that thing I want to. I think. I think if you the the writing of the note, the writing of the note is a little is a little suspect. It's a little mm-hmm. suspect. Would you have called right the police? There? Yeah, I don't know if I would have called the police. You know, like and so I think to Pete's point, wherever this took place, he probably wasn't at his local bank teller because if he's at his local bank teller they know he's a celebrity they know he's a celebrity walking in there so to me right off the back he's not in his normal branch that he would have would he, that he would have normally have gone into two it is a high amount three he's in what looks like a bank robber costume outfit whatever we want to call it i mean you know is that because he's black though crib is that because well, black? Cause I, I would assume that, it's cold everywhere and, and everybody might have that same outfit on. And that's going to be my fourth point. We can't be so naive to think, you know, that as black men in America, you can't go nowhere with that outfit. I don't think you can walk up in somewhere and they're going to get questioned. Like they're going to make you take some off. That's the reality of where we, that's the reality of living in America today. So um, I don't know if they would have, you know, if that's his home bank calling the police on them seems a little, little quick, quick to the draw. But um, man, it's just a messed up situation all around. I I, I certainly don't. I, I'm glad I'm with Wells Fargo, right? I'm glad to hear that wasn't at Wells Fargo. Wasn't exactly. at the Wells Fargo because I because exactly. I do like to withdraw money every once in a while on my way to the casino. You know, exactly. so I, I, I don't, don't want to be hemmed up. You know, but. exactly. Can't go to Publix and get that kind of money, <laughs> right? Oh, and, and and to be fair, to Ryan Coogler, he did say Bank of America called and they made they squared their way. They apologized and he accepted the apology. Nah, you see, that's the, uh, uh, no, no, <laughs> no, no, F that, excuse me. Okay. I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't let you disrespect me by 
doing this, just as, just calling the cops because I requested a large amount of money and wrote a note no, and I got on a large map. amount of your money. Of my yeah, money. Yeah. But, but but I can't I can't let you do that. Dude, you're gonna call me and say, Oh man, my bad. Yeah, because you got you see how much money I got in my account and, and you got most of my money in, in my savings account invested. So now give me all my money right now. How about that? And I'm gonna change banks. But but it's just the, it's the, it's just the disrespect. You get disrespected on the level as a black man, and then they want to come back and say, "I'll call you over the phone and say, oh, man, my bad. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. This shouldn't have happened. I'm sorry. It was the policy. They're gonna go with the company policy and all of that." But I've always said, understand this: every law in America was written when a black man made a mistake. Believe that, right? Hey man, and I, I'll say this: I'm a true people. I just took my money out. I'd be like, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna take my sixteen thousand. Whatever else I got in here. I'll just go somewhere else with my, my money because all they're doing is taking his money clearly and investing and making them more money as well. So um, I'm with you. That's unfortunate, but hey, he forgave him. So God bless him. Uh, so so speaking of the mask and, 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 and the hat and the glasses, it got me to thinking, man, what the hell happened to COVID? I know <laughs> in December, Rodney, we were talking, people were talking, man, we out here scared to death. You know, I was sick. There. I was yeah. sick in December. That wasn't that long ago. It was not. I seen somebody get somebody a full-blown dap the other day. Gripped them up, <laughs> squeezed them down, everything. Like <laughs> nobody even care no more though. Animal fist bumps out there. What the hell happened to COVID? COVID yeah. Gone. Well, they, they say COVID's gone. I think I think we were all ready. That's for one thing. We were all ready. And I think for the most part, we did what they told us to do. Get vaccinated, get boosted. But I hate to be the bearer of bad news here on what, March 20th or whatever today he is. <laughs> China's locked down. Europe is experiencing some uh, outbreaks right now. They say there's Omicron BA2. So be, mm. just be prepared. Let's enjoy what we're experiencing right now, this little low, because I think we're going to have another resurgence coming back soon, just as we're letting our guard down. So that I not start gripping everybody down and give the old school dap, but we still fist bumping? What's, what's the protocol, Pete? I'm fist pounding. Hey, guys. <laughs> air pounding? Yeah, I'm, just... I, 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 yeah, I'm air pounding. Hey, hey. And we waving from across the field at the end of games and all of that. I love that. I love that aspect of it. But, yeah, COVID, COVID's still here. I mean, in, in schools, no mask. We don't got no. one. No. Well, it's funny. If the COVID rules were still in effect, that coach from Wisconsin would have never got slapped by Juwan Howell. Let's be honest. <laughs> it would have never happened. It would have never, never happened. If COVID yeah. rules are still in effect. So <laughs> I saw something crazy just to end on some March Madness stuff, man. I don't know if y'all heard about this, but in North Carolina, it's uh, around the Raleigh area. A uh, school was condemned for holding a mock slave auction of black students. Teachers were in the auditorium. Hey. Students was getting sold. Black students were getting sold by white students. And the administration was there to witness it. In 2022. 2022, Raleigh, North Carolina, man. Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, if a parent didn't go, her son came home and told her what happened at school. Uh, this lady went on Facebook and complained about it. It's the craziest stuff I think I didn't see in who knows when. Like, first of all, that couldn't have been the only child that went home and told their parents what happened at school that day. But the teachers were there in the assembly hall watching this happen. What in the hell need to go on in the school system here, in that school specific? First of all, some administration within that school need to be fired. I mean, that, that, with the, I don't even need to hear anything else. How is that even possible in 2022? What was the lesson? What were we trying to teach the future generations? You know, it's once again, we, we want to talk about critical race theory and why that was important and how that's not, you know, like that, that became a big, rallying point here in Virginia, but yet our neighbors right to the due south of us in North Carolina are hosting a slave auction with black children. Yeah. So, so real, cause this has been a touchy point with me. I've had to talk to my eight year old son about the N word, yeah. like a lot, cause I wanted to make sure that he was aware for very specific instances like this so that he could come back to me and tell me when something didn't feel right at school. 
this is some this to me this is a travesty the administration within that organization should be fired they should be let go and i'm, I'm glad you brought this up because this is something i'm gonna look into a little bit more there toward mm -hmm. absolutely what you got Pete? the school system i mean it's there's only everybody in america has a social security number everybody has to file taxes and everybody has to go to school it's a it's a system that gets a hold of our kids and holds and has our kids longer than we have our kids for the first for not the first six years of their life but six through 18 the most important years of their life yeah our kids spend most of their time at school so understand if 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 they're putting this in front of the students right now and they're making a mockery of it then it becomes normal right it becomes a laughing thing so then you can implement it out in society again and then everybody's gonna be okay with it. You see what I'm saying? As long as you keep showing it and keep showing it, what we were just talking about, the coronavirus, right? They kept showing it and showing it and showing it, and then they took it away and everybody forgot about it, right? They keep showing it and showing it and showing it to these kids, then they take it away and everybody forget about it, and then they just implement it back into society. So understand that the school systems, check, just, Tap in with the kids, man. Just ask the kids. Ask your kids. Well, well, ask your kids. Ask your kids what they learn in school. That's it. Every day. Ask your kids what they learn in school, and I guarantee that ninety percent of them is gonna say what? Nothing. There you go. <laughs> well, I, well, I, there I you go. That, I, I think I think to that point be, beyond that as well, Pete. I mean, that, that's a very valid point. I think it's why representation matters. Like, I don't know how many how many you know, minority, black, brown, yellow, whatever other were in that school. But representation matters. Like you need to have people on the school board. The this superintendent was black, Rodney. Was it, what, what, do you know if he was a part of it? Well, well he wasn't a part of the school, but he is the superintendent, right. which I don't want to put it on him. Uh, right, right, so no, no, no. Yeah. Okay. So the superintendent's like the president of the United States, right? Okay, he's the president, but he, he doesn't know what, I mean, he only hears what Kentucky's doing. He has no hands in on what Kentucky's doing. But like Rodney said, I mean, who who is in the school that allows this to happen? Because there was, I noticed more than, there's more than just one or two teachers in that oh, school. Oh, it was a bunch of teachers. And, and here's the worst part. There's a couple of kids who got suspended over this. Kids. Yeah, as, as, well, look, <laughs> as they should, as they should. But I, I will say, I mean, look, if, if Black people could have, gotten rid of racism racism would have been gone a long gone. time ago yeah right exactly. so so you know yeah. kudos to you know our our white brothers and sisters that were at that school that spoke up that said that something wasn't right about it but the voice there needs to be more of that voice speaking up and calling that out calling that behavior out when you don't see it because that that shouldn't be normalized no like, it should never happen that that should be normal Right. I, I honestly feel every adult that was over the age of 18 in that room, it's a middle school, by the way, over the age of 18 in that room should lose their job. Charged for with not, a hate grant. For, for not, for not stopping that right now. They need, right. they need to be charged with a hate grant. That's crazy. Right. Absolutely. Right. They know better. Well, and if they don't well, know better, well, they should know better. Well, I was going to say they should know better, but clearly they didn't know. Like, is somebody in that room, they, you know, laughing and cackling in the back of the room when Travion came up there and somebody raised their hand 250? Like, there was nothing about that that felt right. What was the whole point in the education and the lesson? All it was was demeaning to make someone else feel inferior. And I think it's why it's important that you know, folks like us who have a voice that we do talk to the younger gen generation and make sure that they're confident in their abilities, confident in what right. they're capable of, confident in who they can become as individuals, because life's hard. Yeah, life's man. already hard. And then you yeah, throw man. in something like that happening, can break you down. I'm parents, parents, I ain't telling you how to raise your kids. Please do, <laughs> do, do the best you can. But I'll say this, if you can't do nothing, ask your kids what they learned at school, go in their book bag, you know, look at their homework. Uh, every a lot of school systems right now have uh, e portals where you can go in and see their grades. Ask for the teacher conferences at these schools. Get to know your doggone teachers. You don't know. To Pete's point, you know, you with my child longer than I'm. Out. I'm with my child. I drop my kid off at nine o'clock. I don't see her till six. You know, every day. And, and I got it from six to 
when she's ready to go to bed at 10 o'clock. So mm -hmm. she's with them longer. Get with your kids. Find out what's going on at school. And, and if there's any kids listening to this podcast, share with your parents. If you, hey, if you see something, say something. You know, it's not normal. And, and, and the black kids in that school were the minority in that particular school. And absolutely, if that happened, absolutely they had a beer. Hey, listen, if that happened at my middle school that I'm at, that school been turned upside down. No question. <laughs> I'd still be outside. Oh, no picking. question. No oh. question. That school's that school's turned upside down. Like that. No question. Right. No, and I mean I think it's you know, like the first thing as a as a parent of a kindergartner and a third grade teacher. One of the first things I tell my my uh, kids, teachers, is if you got a problem, call me. Here's my here's my cell phone number. Text me. I want to be involved. I want to know what's going on. I'm on the I'm, look. I'm on the Bluebird uh, Society at my kids' school. That's right. I want to know. That's I'm right. tapped in. I want to know yeah. what's going on within the organization. But they, you know, with all the technology that we have today, there really is no reason. But I understand. Some parents on the lower end of the socioeconomic scale aren't tapped in the way that they need to be, can't be there. So it's imperative once again that representation matters and kids are sharing what they learn. If they, you know, you gotta if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. Play the I, other side. Can I say my, my piece? Yeah. Check, don't just check your kids' grade. Okay. See, the thing is about the school system, these grades, that's that's fluff. These grades don't mean anything about retaining anything that you're taught. Uh, getting, getting an A is only being able to remember something for a short time and then answer the questions on the test. All right, I, I, I learned that in school and I mastered it and I graduated with a 3.5. And, and, and it was only because, <laughs> that, no, no, that was only because I didn't go to school after lunch. I went to school until lunch and then I left every day. So four, fifth, six, and seven, I never yeah. made it to. And I still graduated with a 3.5 because I could walk into class and take the test. Yeah. And I passed the test. You see what I'm saying? But I mastered that at an early age and I understood that at an early age. So parents, I tell you this, don't just look at the grades just because your kids has all A's. Understand this. They need to learn the basics. They need to know how to read. Right. You can get nowadays where kids are on computers all the time. You can get A's and not know how to read. Understand yeah. that. You need to make sure that your kids know how to read. They definitely need to know how to write. They don't teach cursive anymore. These kids don't know how to sign their names. So how are you going to sign anything if you don't know how to sign your name? I agree. You need to learn that as well. You need to learn math. Take the history. You can throw that out in my book. That history don't mean anything. <laughs> well, Especially, but, but, but here's my thing, though, fellas. Why are we teaching history to six, seven, and eight-year-olds who don't know anything, right? The only reason that you teach history to six, seven, and eight-year-olds is because you get them first and you can brainwash them. This is the way that it was. This is the way that it is. This is the way that it's going to be. Right. So let me play the other side, Pete. Mm -hmm. What, what, what if you're on the other side saying, "Hey, we did this demonstration, show these kids that this was bad. This is what happened back in the slave. We're teaching you about America. The slavery, unfortunately, is a very integral part of American history. It's a huge part of American history. Right. I think that needs to be right. talked about. But that said, what do you say to the other side to say we were doing this to teach these kids a lesson? It showed them what happened." Back in Jamestown and back hey, in, 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 in things like that when they were landing uh, when, in, in Mississippi and things of that nature. Don't nobody care about what happened in Jamestown. Don't nobody care about what happened in Mississippi. Don't nobody care about all that. We know what happened, right? We know what happened so we can study what happened. But you don't have to show me what happened. You see what I'm saying? I don't need to see that because at that point in time, my people was at the bottom. So why you want to show me when my people's at the bottom? You see what I'm saying? I don't need to see it. If I want to learn about it, you can tell me about it. We learned about it in school and everything. If I want to go in more in depth, I can go more in depth. So in history, you just touch on it. Okay, slavery happened from such and such and such and such, right? Then you can go more in depth with the classes and teach more on that if people want to go that way. But that's the thing. In school, you're forced to learn about the American Revolution, World War One. World War II. Oh, you touch on slavery. You touch on that. You touch on that. But more so, we don't. You don't talk about the beginning of American time. You talk about the colonies and all of that. When all of the Declaration of Independence and all of that, you know, the foundation of America was built. That's what you talk about. That's what. That's what you learn in school. And when that was going on, the African Americans was at the bottom, right? So that's the only history that you learn. 
That's why they don't touch on African-American history a lot, right? And then when the Blacks started to make it out, then you touch on it Black History Month for a month, and then you hit the Rosa Parks, who was at the end of it. They don't talk about the beginning of it. They just talk about the end of it. You see what right. I'm saying? So, so I, I don't have a problem. I mean, to be, uh, it depends on, w- without really seeing or you know, knowing the context of the, of the slave trade, I don't have a problem with them like emulating like a slave trade. If it was just a small snapshot in a larger context of like Black History Month, like it, if you're gonna just show like the slave trade, cause it did happen, but you gotta mm-hmm. balance it out with the greatness that black folks have offered to society as well. Like yeah. we can't just have a whole evening like a prom evening, two hours selling black folks. trade. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sell, selling the five black kids that were at the school and everybody's exactly. in, laughing and joking and eating popcorn got, and yeah. have, got the Wall having a good time. The Look, yeah. they got them out there walking around, walking out there in tattered overalls and yeah. buckwheat hair. Like, no, we <laughs> yeah. need to we need to show the greatness of the contributions that blacks have had in society as well. I, I, you know, I don't have a problem if it was like a little five minute skit of an hour long black history performance where they talked about the greatness of black people. Maybe they yeah. started there. Yeah. That's one thing, but to have a whole evening on it, a slave see, trade, that, a slave trade, <laughs> it, that, that, that's problematic. And some heads need to roll there within that I organization. Agree. Cause I, I don't I see agree. where that, I, I don't see the lesson but, in that. But think about think about the kids that were a part that was like think about their mind, like where they would had to be mentally to just even go up there. That means they don't have a clue. Well, they were teaching right? classism, though, Pete. They were teaching classism because remember, the white kids was buying the black kids. That that's right. setting up a hierarchy for what you feel like America was and should mm-hmm. be at that age, which is weird. Okay. You know, Rodney and I, uh, Pete grew up in Hampton, Virginia, and uh, we're almost at the epicenter of slavery, right? Like slave ships came to Jamestown. They came to our shores in Hampton and Newport News. And there's literally still plantations in, in Williamsburg, man. Like there is, there's old Williamsburg, uh, Pete, where there are plantations. They, they have it still where it would look like it was back in the slave days. It was interesting. We used to take field trips there uh, as kids. Mm. I took my kid. Uh, to go, my kids. Sorry, not Corey, but my older kids to go see it. So it's a it's a deeper conversation. I appreciate you guys jumping in on that. Uh, we're gonna end with this because uh, I don't want to get too far along. We'll be back to y'all next week with some more heat. But Sean Watson mm. came off the schneid. My main man, fifty grand. Now, first of all, I'm I'm a Washington Commanders fan. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Out there, Washington Commanders fan. Uh, we didn't get we didn't get Sean Watson, unfortunately. <laughs> but the Cleveland Browns got him. The Cleveland Browns got him, and he signed for two hundred thirty million dollars, fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed. And your main your man's Baker Mayfield a little bit salty about the situation. I got two questions. Love. I got two questions. <laughs> Who in the hell want Baker Mayfield? And <laughs> and did the Browns make a deal with the Sean's like yo? Whatever you got to pay the civil suit, I'm going to make sure you get whatever you got to pay times 10. Did they go in there and be like show their support for Deshaun Watson in that moment because they're trying to win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I, at 40, I think at 40 million above what was the previous highest salary in the, in the NFL, they certainly were like, we want to win, we want you, and you're going to have enough money to get past whatever gets thrown your way here. So, <laughs> you know, you. I... Yeah, I mean, I, I I think the Browns' ownership pushed all in. Kudos to them for doing that. The Browns fans are getting behind it. The city's hype. I don't know who gonna I don't know who gonna get Baker Mayfield. Poor guy, you know. Nobody like, want Baker Mayfield, man. He he did his four or five years there, and uh, we may not we may not see him again, you know, anywhere else. But I'm gonna no, respectfully think- disagree, Rodney. There's always a spot for a mediocre white quarterback in the NFL. One hundred period. Uh, the, Washington, yeah, the, Washington, the Washington Commanders, Washington keep commanders. one. <laughs> I'm about to say, keep one. I was gonna say, I, I, I ain't want to cut you off. I'm like, <laughs> we keep one. We, 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 we always got two yeah. or three. We got two Washington. or three. We got one on, uh, all the way through the depth chart, man. We don't play well, around. Well, with we, that. We, we had Honeyke that didn't start it for the past two years. So <laughs> we pay him top uh, dollar, too. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Kirk Cousins. I, hey. I ain't saying, I ain't saying, I ain't saying, I ain't saying, I ain't saying. <laughs> 
<laughs> so so who so so a lot a lot of deals have been made. Matt Ryan uh, today goes to the Colts. Uh, the Saints are looking mm-hmm. at resigning Jameis Winston. I think Baker Mayfield is a not a, a below average quarterback to me. Uh, you know, it's interesting because when he was with Cleveland, they tried to make people think that Odell Beckham couldn't play football no more. Mm-hmm. He couldn't catch football because he was catching from Baker Mayfield. Clearly they were wrong. Clearly they were wrong. So what team Baker Mayfield will be starting quarterback in the NFL next year. Pete, where are you going to end up at? Baker yeah. Baker's not going to be, he's not, he's not going to be a start. Your brother, your brother will be playing with Baker Mayfield next year. <laughs> nah, nah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to roll with Drew Locke. We're gonna roll with Drew Lock, man. Uh <laughs> I, I have I, I will I, I'll tell you I got my reasons why. Drew Drew can Drew can throw the play action better than anybody. Understand that. Another That's mediocre best. quarterback. Bro. I'll leave I'll leave it I'll leave that alone. But but Baker May Baker Mayfield is the size of a middle school quarterback. That's why he's not successful. <laughs> Baker, well, May, Baker Baker Mayfield stands at five foot six. And <laughs> his, you can't the thing is you can't. At, at the quarterback position, you can't you can't stand that small and think that you're gonna throw through those windows. It's not happening. It's not happening. And that's what that's, that's why they wasn't successful. Baker Mayfield's not gonna be a starting quarterback. He's a Doug Flutie. He needs to go play in the Canadian Football League and figure it out. I think he's worse than Doug Flutie because Doug Flutie, if he wasn't anything, he was a leader. People got behind Doug Flutie. Like, he led his teams. That's why they won. So, Flutie wasn't the best quarterback, but he always found a way to win. The players believed in him. They liked him. He he controlled the locker room. Baker Mayfield's not a good dude in general. Locker room didn't like him. The ownership stood behind him for whatever reason because they picked him so soon. But even in Oklahoma, he was acting a fool before he got drafted. Think about it. Had he been anybody else, he wouldn't have got drafted like he got drafted. He dressed up like Brett Favre for the for the draft. I don't know if y'all saw him recreate Brett Favre mm-hmm. was drafted in the first round. He did that during draft day. And he's just yep. really disappointing. Not just disappointing, but a, a straight up, I don't know if he's a bust, but he's worse than Jameis Winston was. And you saw the heat Jameis Winston got when he came out uh, when he was with Tampa. Baker Mayfield's a Heisman Trophy winner, right? Yes. Number one pick as well. Yeah. Heisman so was Eric Trophy Brown. winner. <laughs> right. I mean, it's certainly doesn't equate because I'm thinking um, I can think of a few like I don't know I'm dating myself here but Charlie Ward was a quarterback back in the day of Florida State I don't think he won the Heisman Trophy but he won the Heisman yeah he won the Heisman so mm-hmm. yeah so I mean you got you got quarterbacks like Charlie Ward who you know played NBA played in the NBA NFL um, you know Benny Testaverde I mean you can name a, a few people Winning the Heisman certainly doesn't equate to being successful, but he was a winner. Like he, he was a winner. Baker Mayfield was, a, you say? Yeah, he he was. But he win. What he win? Well, that well that that's he what I'm Oklahoma. saying. He, he won some he games. Won it, he, won say, he won in Oklahoma. I didn't get to. I didn't get to. Uh, uh, the Browns has been a totally different situation. At and he didn't win a chip in college, but he won some games in Oklahoma. Um, I don't want to take away from. You know what he did. He is once again. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. But Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley won games at Oklahoma. If you think about it this way, they had three people that could have won the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Kyler Murray won the Heisman Trophy from Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield won the year before that. Jalen, who's the quarterback at uh, uh, in Philadelphia? Jalen Hurts was actually was in the in the running, and even Spencer Rattler, who stinks too. He was the front runner for the Heisman coming in just because he was the quarterback at Oklahoma. That system is greater than its parts. The same thing at Ohio State. If you got a quarterback at Ohio State, probably exalting Justin Fields, but those those Dwayne Haskins was one of them. Justin Fields right. was another. Justin Fields, I think, is a real deal. But Troy Smith won the Heisman at Ohio State. Those programs are so dominant and so strong. The teams are just better than everybody else. And right. at Oklahoma. Shout out to Lincoln Riley. His system's flawless, brother. If you're a quarterback in his system, you're probably going to get drafted and you're going to be up for the Heisman. Watch what he does at USC. It's coming. Baker Mayfield has been a beneficiary of privilege, in my opinion. Yeah, no, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, both seem, I don't know the actual stats, both seem about the same in stature. Um, But he does have a stud in the quarterback in Caleb Williams. That's a different, Caleb Williams is a different beast. Going to USC? uh, yeah, he's going to USC. Seems to be more athletic. He's a taller quarterback, makes more plays. 
you know, we didn't get a chance to see as much, but he, he had a good run. Not Spencer Radliff out the starting position, you know, at Oklahoma, mm-hmm. but Baker Mayfield, I certainly don't see him landing any uh, I don't know I don't know where where the open spot would be uh you know within the NFL I think the Colts like you said Matt Ryan now you know he's moving there Denver's got their situation with Russ um Mm -hmm. the AFC is stacked the NFC like I don't know where Baker would land at this point he'll get a job and I'll say this I'm glad Deshaun Watson didn't go to Atlanta because we'd be right back at square one if he was at Magic City Pulling, oh, no. pulling, pulling his crank out for everybody that wants it. I'm just glad the man didn't go back home to Atlanta because that was a death trap. That was a setup waiting to happen. Good decision, <laughs> sir. Mm-hmm. Give us some game to get out of here, man. Baker Mayfield is going to be a backup. Baker <laughs> <laughs> Money Maker is going to be a backup, man. So here's a question. Here's here's a real question, Pete. Is Baker Mayfield, can he play four more years? Will he be in the NFL four years from now? He's the number one pick. He was the number one pick in the draft. He can go somewhere. He just has has to get back on his pivot, man. That's all. That's all. But but understand that Baker, he's going to have to fall into a different role. He's going to be a senior night starter. You know, the guy they run out there. You know, rah, rah, rah. Get him off the field as soon as possible, though. Get him off the court and get him off the field as soon as possible. You know what I'm saying? Baker's like Jameis Winston. He's just going to fill in for the moment. They like uh, Jameis legit. Jameis can play. Where? It'd be more like a Taysom Hill. They'll bring him in like a Taysom Hill. You. You Taysom Hill can't bring... play quarterback. Jameis, <laughs> yeah, Jameis Winston can win. actually play quarterback. Jameis, yeah, Jameis like Winston, the... he, threw, he threw a bunch of picks one season, Pete. Yeah, he, he also like threw 40 about. touchdowns the same season. You know, that's a lot. Yeah. He, 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 he just likes to throw to the team in the opposite color. That's his own problem. Like, that's <laughs> – Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's a solid quarterback. He's solid. I'm not going to say he's good. He's, yeah. he's the guy He's the guy. Yeah, three that times better get. than Baker Mayfield. I don't know that. I wouldn't – The stats will tell you that. Well, the, well, here's my What's question. That? No, because because Baker Baker went to the playoffs. Now. Baker took the Baker had a better down. team. Now don't do that. And not not is, in that Tampa Bay team that turned around and won it right after Jameis left. <laughs> no, no, right? Uh, uh-uh. uh. Not this New Orleans team that's down here. No, nah, Baker Baker hasn't had teams like Jameis. Jameis has better teams than Baker. But yeah, Baker ain't it. He just got figured out. He needs he needs to go. He got to go figure it out. That's it. Figure it out the right system, but I do got a question for you, T. Oh, it, it seemed like it seemed like you you big on Jameis. Would you rather have Jameis or Carson? Leave or Matt the Ryan. Or Matt Ryan or Matt Jameis. or 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 Matt Jameis, take, Matt Ryan or Carson commanding the Commanders. I'll I'll, I'll take Jameis Winston. I'm gonna tell you why. Carson mm-hmm. Wentz had a great rookie season. He got hurt. The guy just hasn't been the same since. Okay, Jameis had one season where he threw a lot of interceptions. He also threw for a ton of yards and threw for a ton of touchdowns. It's hard to throw. Name me another quarterback that throw for 38, 40 touchdowns in a season. Winston, Carson Winston ain't do it. Baker Mayfield ain't do it. Uh, uh, Matt Ryan had one good, real good season. MVP. But he shouldn't have won MVP <laughs> that year. They had to give it to somebody. But shout out to Matt Ryan. <laughs> Matt, I don't know how he got the name Matty Ice. He ain't never did yeah. nothing to show that he had ice, ice in his name. Never. Matt you know, Ryan was one, one what, what, what was he, one half away from being a super having hey, nah, what, nah, what half? Half. It was one probably half. about three plays away. The, the offensive coordinator ruined them, but they trusted Matt Ryan to throw the ball instead of running. And look what that got him, guys. They got him to get Brady another Super Bowl thanks to the to the to the Falcon staff. Look. I, I think Winston, he's close to sign another two-year deal with the Saints. Uh, just so you know, by the time we come on next week, he'll probably be signed with the Saints again. Listen to you. Listen to you. Yeah. He is. <laughs> I, I think he's a good quarterback. Another Heisman Trophy winner. He does have talent. He gives the worst pregame speeches in the history of the world. That's mainly because he's country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He just country. Yeah, he's a W. Yeah, he's a W. <laughs> Him and Ray Lewis got the two worst 
post-game and pre-game speeches ever. They're terrible speech <laughs> But I think you can play quarterback. I think you play quarterback. Well, guys, America, this is it for the game within the game. We want to thank you all for listening. Rodney, so yes, good sir. to have you back, brother. We miss you, man. man. We miss yes, you. Get back next week. We love you. Uh, VA all day. Uh, the, the Bluegrass bad boy, my main man, Coach Petey. It's always a pleasure. Uh, Shelvin, Mel, come back with us so we can make some more magic happen. America, God bless y'all. We'll see you next week. Peace. All right.